G'day, my name's Adam Draycott, and you're watching the online ministry from Inveril Anglican Church. Uh, this has been prepared for the 5th of November 2023. Our sentence of scripture comes from Psalm 17. It says, We call on you, O God, for you will answer us. Turn your ear to us and hear our prayer. Show us the wonders of your great love, you who save by your right hand those who take refuge in you from their foes. Well, as people who take refuge in our Lord and God, let's spend some time in praise.
secure trust in his love never alone christ is with us he's with us Let me lead us in prayer. Almighty and ever-living God, our source of power and inspiration, give us strength and joy in serving you as followers of Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Friends, as we come to the ministry of God's Word, uh, please set aside time to read through Psalm 8 uh, and Ephesians chapter 1. That would be terrific. If you're in church, uh, you might like to read out loud Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 through to the end of the chapter. That would be enormously helpful. As we open up the Word of God together, let me pray. Father God, we ask for your help that we would use this time well. Uh, give us an expectation to hear you speak to our hearts, to our minds, by your Holy Spirit, that you would grow us in Christ Jesus uh, and that we would glorify your holy name. Uh, we ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. What are your fears? What are our fears? We worry about so many different things and our fears are genuine. Drought, health, getting ugly, er, the children, oh, the teenage children, death, bushfires. We pray about that which we are worried about. And to be sure, the Lord invites us to pray. So how do we reconcile our needs and our fears with the sovereignty of God? I mean, why pray? If God is sovereign, what difference does it make? Well, Today we continue our series, Praying with Paul, and let me just say Paul's prayers are good for us. Look what he does in verse 15 of chapter 1 in the book of Ephesians. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. These guys come to faith in the Lord. What can be better? And love for the Lord shows in love for all of God's people. One follows the other. And so Paul has not stopped giving thanks to God. But Adam, it's their faith and it's their love. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's their faith and it's their love. When you hear a story, someone's become a Christian, do we go up to them and say, hey, thanks for becoming a Christian, it's really great. 
Does that sound a bit weird? Thank you for becoming a Christian. Is that a bit odd? Or not? Do we think our becoming a Christian is our doing? Or our parents doing? You think you're a Christian because your parents are? Wow. Our salvation is God's work, so we give thanks and praise to Him. It is God's doing. He's sovereign. And in His sovereignty, He bestows grace. And if it is God alone, then that changes people like He has here, then it is God alone that we praise and God alone that we ask. Father, please continue to grow your people with grace upon grace. Without God's grace, we would never display faithfulness or love for other believers. And so whatever Christian virtues that we possess they become an occasion for heartfelt praise to God for his goodness. And so we thank him. What does this mean? It should mean that we're going to tune into uh, reports about gospel progress. You know, when you clergy go to clergy conference or sector conference or when we all read the link and we hear stories about people becoming Christians in the diocese, our response, we return thanks to God the Father. Or missionary newsletters from across the globe, we read about believers being discipled or growing in Christ or coming to faith, our response, we return praise to God. It's all his work. We return praise to God, whose grace has sovereignly intervened in people's lives with such a happy result. Tell me, do the heavens, do the angels in heaven rejoice over one single sinner who repents? Luke 15 verse, absolutely. And so too should we. The advance of the gospel is a wonderful thing. And we should care about it. Do you care about it? Because if we do care, we're going to tune into those reports and it will come out in our prayer life as we return thanks to God. Okay, next thing. Paul prays that they might know God better. Verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Who here would say that they know God well enough? Oh, I think I know God well enough. Yeah, good on you. As if the more we get to know God, surely the more we want to know him better. And how does knowing God better come about? You ask him. That's what we see here. The words uh, spiritual wisdom and revelation, they sound a bit out there, but look, the Old Testament uses these words to describe the Spirit of God. Uh, 
Um, so Exodus 31 verse 3, Exodus 35 verse 31, and Isaiah 11 verse 2 are all examples. Christians need the Spirit of God to reveal more of himself to us if we are to know God better. We surely want to hear what God says and do business with him by his Spirit through his word. Verse 18, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incom incomparably great power for us who believe. Your hearts have eyes. Who knew? It is a prayer for insight. It matches Psalm 119 verse 18, where it speaks of God opening people's eyes to the truth of his word. We open up the scriptures. The first thing we must do is pray. Lord, help. Open our eyes. Open our ears. Flick the light on. By your spirit, show us the glory and wonder of your son, Jesus. Again, here's another incentive to pray. <laughs> See, we pray not because God needs to change, uh, he can't, he's sovereign. No, we pray because we need to change. We need to grow. And so we ask him. And we grow by knowing him better. What is it then that Paul particularly wants his readers to see with enlightened eyes? Well, follow the thought thread, verse 18b, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Uh, what hope? I think verse 12 tells us what that hope is says pretty plainly in verse 12, our hope is in Christ. Our hope in Christ. I mean, verse 3 tells us that every blessing, every spiritual blessing is in Him. Verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. They all come in Him. You can count these blessings. I mean, if, if you look at the text, if you were to run your finger down verses 4 to 14, how many times do we read in Him, in Him, in Him, through Him, through His blood, by Him, in Christ, under Christ, uh, in Him, in the Lord? And what are these blessings? Verse 4, we are chosen. Verse 5, predestined, adopted. Verse 7, we're redeemed. We're forgiven. All of these big words. So many end in shun. No, that's not true. All mean we are his. Treasured. Family. Personally. And intimately known by God. It means that we're all united. We're all secure because we've been chosen. All mean we've received grace all mean that we belong to the Father. Verse 13, we've been brought in and included in Christ. When we heard the gospel, we received the Holy Spirit. And it's a guarantee. And so here is an unchangeable reality because we're in Christ. 
Towards the end of a movie called Don't Look Up. Spoiler alert! Uh, towards the end of the movie, the world is going to end. It's going to be obliterated by an asteroid. And the main character sits at the dinner table with his family. And he says, We really did have everything, didn't we? I mean, when you think about it. Friends, we've got something that transcends even the material. We've got something divine and eternal. The world might feel like it's going to end and we might be afraid and things are just inevitable. So we feel resigned, but the Christian has confidence. In Jesus, we have everything we need. We lack nothing spiritually. That's verse 3. We have every spiritual blessing. We know our Father, the God who loves us. We know Him. In verse 18, we're described as God's glorious inheritance, His people, which again reminds us we are family. We are one in Christ. And so in Christ, we belong to Him. And so again, in the domain of prayer, it's not God that needs to change. We do. We, we need to count our blessings. Look what the Lord has done. And see, at the heart of each one is Christ. And so again, if verses 4 to 14 are about the blessings we have in Christ, then this prayer from verse 4, 15, well, it's a bit like follow the leader kind of prayer. Do you know how to follow the leader? Do you? Can you cover your ears? Follow the leader. Cover your ears. Follow the leader. Scratch your nose. Pat your head. Clap your hands. You know how to follow the leader, right? Well, this is what you need to do in, uh, in this next section. I mean, look at verse 19. As we keep reading, I want you to follow the leader. And his incomparably great power for us to believe, who believe, that's verse 19. We go, what power? Now watch the movement of Christ. Verse 20, he was dead but raised. He's resurrected. But not just resurrected, he's ascended. Seated at the right hand of the Father. Verse 21, keep following him because he's far above all rule and authority. And so Paul says somewhere else in Philippians 3, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I bet you do. Is there anything more glorious? Christ's resurrection is a preview of the greater resurrection that will mock the death of death and bring in a new heaven and a new earth. And his experience, this experience, follow the leader, is a preview of ours. But again, follow the letter. The ascension. I mean, look at chapter 2, verse 6, as we follow the leader. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Look at what you need to know. Because God sees us in Christ, he sees us through the lens of his Son. And where is the Son? Risen. Ascended. And now at the right hand of the Father. 
which is a position of honor and authority. He's enthroned as the ruler of the cosmos. And again, did you follow the leader? Because where are you to God now? You know the answer. It's chapter 2, verse 6. You've been raised up with Christ and you are seated with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. You're seated next to the Father. He sees you where you belong. He sees you already arrived, already sitting next to him, where Christ himself is, in Christ. He sees you where you belong. Such is his grace and love for us. Such is his goodness. Now, <laughs> as you comprehend all of that, who's going to take issue with the sovereignty of God now? Who wants to do that? Anyone? Anyone? Look where you are. Look whose you are. You belong to the Father in Christ. You're seated right next to him. And is this why our Australian citizenship is just secondary? Because if I'm in Christ, I'm already a citizen of the new Jerusalem. And I am seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And that's home. And that's God's power at work. That Paul wants, to, wants fellow believers to know. So he prays it. Verse 22, And God placed all things under his feet. And appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. All of this power for whose benefit? The church, which is his body. Christ is the head, we're the body. And all, do you see it? All of his sovereignty is expressed for his people's good. So when we pray, you know, we must know not a drop of rain can fall out the, outside of the scope of Jesus' power and sovereignty. All of our days, our health, our illnesses, our joys, our victories, our tears, our prayers, they all fall within the sweep of the sovereignty of the one who wore a human face and also wore a crown of thorns on top. All of God's sovereignty is mediated through the one who died on our behalf. It is all for our good. You've got to know that. Drought. Ordinary. Heartbreaking. Thank God that this isn't all there is. No drought in the new creation. For all eternity because of Jesus. Death. Every day is a day nearer. And it takes our friends. It takes our family. <sighs> Thank the Lord that this isn't all there is. That there is a new creation coming where there is no more death. Bushfires. Heartbreaking. Devastating. Thank goodness this isn't all there is and that we can look forward to the new creation where there will be no more destruction. Friday someone shares the prognosis is not good. 12 months. What do they say? God's been good. Had a good life. A long life. 
And the Lord, I have faith. Do you hear it? Do you hear that? My life will end, but I trust in the Lord because he's got this. See, to live in the light of the age to come is to let go of those fears and worries and hand them over to the sovereign king. I mean, see, see how we reconcile our fears, our list of problems? Count the blessings that come in Christ and see that we have every reason to trust him. Give your worries to Christ because he is good for it. Prayer is an exercise in trust. It's faith exercise. That's what prayer is. So whatever you do, don't not pray. Do we pray like this? Are we any good at these your will be done kind of prayers? Who told us to pray like that again? Yeah, that's what I thought. If God is good, if God is sovereign, then we can have confidence as we pray in line with His will and His purposes. As we count our blessings, we can praise God. I mean, why wouldn't we? If God has so richly blessed us, why aren't we coming to him with continual thanksgiving and praise? Why wouldn't we pray if God is so benevolent? And he is. Every spiritual blessing. You lack nothing spiritually. Oh, Adam, if God is sovereign, it doesn't change anything. Doesn't it? What, because you know better? Is that the problem with God's sovereignty? That you think you know better? Or because, you know, God is a genie, apparently, who exists to do your bidding. Is that your problem with the sovereignty of God? Or that God somehow needs... To, it's God that's got the problem. It's God that needs to change. It can't be me. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, that cannot be so. What is faith? I mean, let us pray with prayers that align with God's will and purposes, because that's faith. But you've got to know him better as the object of our faith. You've got to know him better, and that's the prayer. And so this is the thing to do. What am I to do? You've got to pray that you, we'd all know God better, and we'd all know this. Pray like Paul does. That people would fully understand what God has done for them in Christ. We'd be growing in Christ. There's a good purpose statement. That we would count every spiritual blessing. Uh, his love lavished on us. Praising God for, the, for people turning to Christ in faith. Asking God to flip the light on in our hearts. Illuminate us by the Holy Spirit that we would know him better. That's a great prayer. That we would know Jesus, our only hope. That we would follow him. And that we'd know where we're following him. To the right hand of God the Father. Seated next to him. Beside the Father. And in the Son. It's incredible. 
Why don't we pray like that's true? Father God, may we know this and may it be transformative to our prayer life, but also to our very lives. Help us to trust you that this is all for our good and all to your glory. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Gift of grace is Jesus, my redeemer. There is no
sisters we come to the time of prayer where um, I invite you to pray and as I've mentioned before if you're an Anglican you've got a prayer book there are great models of prayer in there uh, there's great examples from the scriptures Lord's Prayer is a cracker um, there's also a blue screen that will follow that will give you prayer points or if you're part of the Inverell mob or the Ashford Graham and Delundra mob we're all one parish uh, this is our family newsletter and there are lots of things for us to be praying about. This week our prayer focus is on our third core value, godly service. And so we pray for all who serve in our parish uh, through home visiting or cleaning, mowing, other responsibility, rostered responsibilities, all of that. And our mission partner focus, of course, is the North Gagesi Diocese. I can enter that to you. And remember, whatever you do, don't not pray. Let me close with these words of blessing from Colossians chapter 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ... Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your hearts on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Brothers and sisters, let's head out this week and live and pray and think and act like all of that is true. To the glory of God. Amen.